Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. And on. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I am your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Amir Ryder. Amir is the founder and CEO managed workforce provider for growing companies looking for B2B sales, customer success, and customer support solutions. Amir, pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Doing well, man. Uh, thank you for having me, Morgan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amir, can you kind of give us a walkthrough of your background and how it's led to what you're doing now over at CloudTask? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So in my early 20s, I was an entrepreneur uh, and had small business owners. And it actually, that's kind of where I came up with the idea for CloudTask because I, I always struggled to scale my organizations based off just manpower. And um, it was hard for me to hire the right people and train the right people and, and manage the right people. So I had a personal pain point with that. and Soon after that, I did not open CloudTask right away. I started working in the corporate world. I, I had Before that, I had a small exit. I sold that company that I was struggling with to really grow um, because of employees. And I then got into the corporate world where I worked for NetSuite. And I kind of saw an opportunity where remote work was becoming more common. People were outsourcing more commonly. There was just a gap when it came to quality um, workforce management where People were always trying to save money when outsourcing. And I really said to myself, well, instead of saving money, why can't we actually produce better results? Because we are in the business of sales. We are in the business Absolutely. of success. We are in the business of sport. And, and the idea was really to let people focus on their business, right? Because if you're building a technology or a service, that's really what makes you special. And I wanted a way that companies can focus on innovating their technology and investing more into their product and service and let us or companies like us take care of managing the workforces that are the engines that drive growth. Absolutely. Growing your former company, taking that to exit, and then working for a company like NetSuite, what are some things that you learned along the way about scaling sales teams and, and kind of steps or key kind of cornerstone things you have to make sure you have in place uh, along that path? Well, I'll start by saying that what I noticed from the jump from being a business owner to uh, having a job is that it's much less stressful um, and <laughs> definitely easier. So if you're looking to have low stress and make money, get a job, right? Um, owning yeah. a business, <laughs> it's always a constant battle as it should. Um, regarding scaling a sales team, 
I think you should know who you are as a leader. Are you a product leader where you're the one coming up with the product? Then you should find a sales leader to help you scale your sales team. And if you're a sales leader and that's what you're all then then um, there's a lot of people, a lot of information out there, a lot of tools to help you scale. But really, it all starts with the seeds, right? People kind of forget that they think, I need appointments, I need meetings. But often enough, the simple thing as having the right buyer persona and buyer profile and identifying your target market is it's the start of scaling any sales team. And people neglect that, right? They hire salespeople right away. They try going to market fast and they forget that just actually having a really good understanding of who you're helping and how you're helping and having those contacts is really, that's the fuel that just the same way a tree can grow into a 200 foot monster, so can the sales team. But if it doesn't have the right seed, it won't grow into that. And that's kind of what a lot of people overlook when building sales teams that you know, they, they, they want to scale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And you're talking with business owners every day about uh, possibly using your services. You're listening to their pain points and understanding you know, where they're coming from. Who is the ideal customer for a company like CloudTask in terms of where they are in their business, when are they really ready for something uh, to scale sales? What does that kind of profile kind of look like? Typically, we service companies of all sizes, but a company that raised its Series A and Series B round and has a sales process already in place, knows who their buyer persona is, and wants to replicate and scale that growth is, is really a good partnership for us because we're in the business of, of managing SDRs and account executives, and we really want to find an organization that has forward momentum is looking to scale a process already. Um, we build processes, right? But when we start too soon with a startup or a small organization, they end up wanting a full-time worker to make appointments and book deals, but then they also don't have processes in the same time and, and expectations get a little skewed because they don't have that experience of how much you invest in a process and they're separate things and they, they kind of want it all at once, right? So we look for people who have a repeatable process that we can improve, which is usually a Series A or Series B organization. Outstanding. They've got the capital behind them. They've already gained you know, that product market fit and they have processes that work, right? There's demand for what they offer and they can deliver it effectively. And you're essentially coming in and throwing in jet fuel onto that fire and helping them scale up. Yeah, we're like a growth center, right? And, and people heard of contact centers and call centers and, and you, you think of support, right? And people don't really hear about growth centers and that's kind of what we are, right? We're doing sales, customer success and customer support. And that's what you need for growth, right? You need mm-hmm. to increase the manpower in all those departments because as you increase sales, you're going to have more customers, which means you're going to need more customer success, um, growing accounts, making sure they're using your technology or service, right? And then you're going to need more support. So it all starts with sales. And then from there, as that engine grows, you need to add more support in those other areas. And, and that's kind of what we are. Mm-hmm. Since you are a growth center and you know, you've know you got your pulse or you got your finger on the pulse of the sales landscape and uh, even you know the marketing landscape can kind of uh, uh, kill part it. of that too. Yeah, absolutely. What trends are you kind of seeing in the marketplace right now when it comes to marketing and sales technology? Well, from a technology standpoint, I think we're past the trend. I think we're at, I think we're already at a point where there's right. I think there's seven thousand plus marketing and sales automation tools. So I think the trend now that we're seeing is is almost 
confusion with the amount of tools. I think we're at a mm, point where people are lowering their budget for tools and they're saying, you know, what tech stacks have we bought that we don't need? And not that we don't need, right? That most of the time they're not using it properly. So I think we're kind of on a little bit of a downward turn for some organizations that have really invested in heavy tech stacks. Um, and then I think one of the biggest trends that we're seeing now is the idea that your teammates, your employees are brands that represent your companies. And what you see is you see a lot of newer, work, newer, more modern organizations embracing that. And their team members are, you know, in groups on Facebook, they're on LinkedIn, they're posting videos or on Instagram, they're talking, right? And then you can see a lot less of that from the enterprise where they're a little bit scared of change, right? Because they're, mm-hmm. they're billion dollar organizations already. And to tell a billion dollar organization, hey, you need your employees, all 5,000 of them to become a brand. It's a little bit uncomfortable for them. So they're lagging in that area. But you're, you're definitely seeing a trend where social selling is starting to show a clear ROI where in the past it was more of, I wouldn't say a myth, but something that people knew had an ROI, but they just didn't know how to measure it. Right. Um, and that's kind of the big trend. Right. How, how have you kind of um, baked in different tech stacks um, yeah. personal brands among your, your employees. How, how have you kind of baked that into cloud task? Oh, it's a good question. So we actually, well, we baked it in, right? Uh, how do we bake it in? By baking it in, we include technology in the salary and our current technology stack consists of a sales engine called Apollo.io. It's A-P-O-L-L-O.io. And what that does for us is mm-hmm. it gives us those seeds I was talking about. So it, it they are a... Um, colleague in the industry with companies like discover.org and zoom info that you, you might have heard of. Yeah. Um, so it provides data for us where we can request verified data and verified is really important because emails are very sensitive these days. So the days of just spraying and praying can really hurt a company's image. So it gives you verified emails, cell phone numbers. And then if the data is not correct, you can hit a button and say, Hey, it's bad data. And they'll come back in 48 hours and, and give you, so they're basically like your data team. Right. And that's, um, technology stack that we include. And it also allows you to do beautiful things on LinkedIn, like add somebody to uh, a sequence. You know, let's say I'm looking at at your profile, Morgan, I see you're a sales leader. I might add you to a sequence for sales leaders, right? Right off LinkedIn. Mm. So it do a really good job of giving you powerful tools on LinkedIn and a powerful engine. And it works with Salesforce and HubSpot, which as you know, you come across a lot, right? And and they're now expanding that integration set to other CRMs like uh, Pipedrive. We also include in the tech stack that we bake in a company called Seamless.ai, which is another tool that will verify leads from LinkedIn, which is great. And it'll give you mobile numbers. And we include Drift. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Drift, but Drift yep. is, yeah. So, so we're one of Drift's top partners and we include mm-hmm. it. And then why do we include it? We include it because we know that organizations that hire us are happier with more salespeople delivering more results. So instead of going to a company and saying, hey, you can hire us, but you need to buy this, you need to buy that, you need to buy this and integrate that. Yeah. We just include mm-hmm. it all. We know that the results investing, it's it, our way of giving customer success because we pay for the technology and we're a business and it lowers our gross profit margin. But a company, like I said, is happier with the results. So we include Drift, um, we implement it. And you know, when we're doing sales, everybody comes to your website, right? So when we're doing social outreach, um, Anything, any type of outbound or marketing, you, everyone goes to the website and Drift allows our reps to engage with people right on the site. And that, that engagement can turn into a meeting, a phone call, an on-site 
um, a deal can be enterprise or it can be small and it still can start with chat, right? Uh, people sometimes have that mis misconception of you can't sell enterprise on, on a chat. Well, you're just starting the conversation on chat. You're not doing the sale, right? And then you're saying, mm -hmm. hey, let's jump on a Zoom meeting. Let's meet in person. I'm going to be here next week. So that's a part of our tech stack. Um, we also include a technology called Jiminy. And what Jiminy allows us to do is it allows us to coach people in real time. So we're a managed service. So when people hire an account executive or an SDR, they're not just getting an account executive and SDR. They're getting a customer success manager, co sales coaches, content writers, and a business analyst doing reporting. The coaches are using the Jiminy to listen to phone calls live, listen to meetings live. Wow. And we build libraries just like Spotify of good calls, bad calls, active listening skills, overcoming objections. And what this allows us to do is to onboard people faster, right? Because, you know, Morgan, you're, you're a sales leader, right? If I said, hey, Morgan, I have 10 meetings for CloudTask for you next week. Right now, you'd probably be like, I, I can't take those meetings. But if I gave you access to playlists of all of my meetings and you can listen to them and watch them, probably can execute a very good CloudTask meeting because you've seen it real in live time. And if you think about the old ways of measuring success, it'd be, are you calling 150 people a day? Um, right. Those days are over, right? Because if you're not saying the right thing, if you're misrepresenting the company, you can be disqualifying 150 people a day. So what Absolutely. we want to do is we want to hear someone's call right off the bat and say, and get up off our desk and go right next to the SDR and say, hey, John, good job at the call. We noticed that you didn't really know the person's background enough. Do you think it would have been better to do a little bit more research? You know, just giving them real life coaching. And then after that, a coaching report gets sent to the CX manager and the rep to reinforce that. And when you do that in a way of empowering people to succeed, it's a value add to their career because they're becoming professionals in their trade versus an organization that doesn't have the manpower to have a trainer. They don't have the manpower to have a coach. They can only afford a sales rep. Then that sales rep's mm -hmm. not performing. They're saying, how many calls are you making? How many calls are you making? And then they, yep. they lose that sales rep. They churn, right? And they say that, Losing a, a person is the cost of a full-time salary to rehire somebody. So it creates a lot of inefficiency. Um, but being a managed service, you know, baking in that technology stack that I just mentioned, with the extra employment, we're able to focus on the results and the how and the whys of why someone is going to be successful and allow a company to focus on who's representing my company and, and what are they producing, right? Because that's kind of really why we hire everybody, all the way from an entry-level position to a CEO, there's, there's, we, we're, we're always here to represent a brand, a company, a service product, and to produce some results, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's pretty refreshing to hear that you, you know, you include all of this technology for your customers and that you're focusing on quality because you're in, intimately engaged with this customer, right? You're becoming essentially a part of their company. You're representing them. So making sure that, you know, they're aware of your efforts and can feel comfortable that you are extremely committed to producing a quality service is, is paramount for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and with uh, what you said about companies just hiring sales reps and essentially just trying to go into arbitrage mode where, hey, I'm just going to hire a few sales reps and kind of try and get them cheap. And if they make, you know, X amount of dials a day and close this many deals. Then we're good. We're clinking champagne glasses, but it just does not work like that anymore. It's just not effective. No, you can disqualify millions of dollars of business with the wrong first impression, and they will never come back to you because that first that first impression was wrong. So people need to be really careful with their brand these days. Mm -hmm. 
you know, what always fascinated me or I was, you know, dumbfounded was that companies, a lot of companies will put so little emphasis on the SDR role when it comes to equipping them with the right tools, helping them develop in their skill set and within their career, because, you know, they're the first point of contact, you know, when they're smiling and dialing, when they're getting in contact with prospects, they are that first impression representation of your company. So it makes sense to invest money in that wide top of the sales funnel there, since they're going to be the ones they're talking to first. Yeah, I think Absolutely. the buyer the buyer has become so informed that by the time they take a qualified meeting, they already know that you're in their top three to help their pain point, which means the funnel almost flipped in the sense that the sale is being made at that point of a qualified meeting and account executives, in my opinion, are becoming more like customer success and customer support where they need to be closer to the product, understanding the pain point. Nobody needs a pushy sales guy. Um, people just want people who are on time, understand them, understand the product and give them the information they need. So I think the sale now is almost made at the point of the appointment and the profile of an account executive can be a little bit different, especially if the product's not super technical, right? Super technical products might need a sales engineer or a solution expert. But if you think about how you do business, if you have an account executive who's polite on time, no spelling mistakes, you're going to work with him, right? He doesn't have to be like, Morgan, hey, when are you going to sign? I'm going to give you a 20% discount. I need this by the quarter. People don't really want that anymore. People want people that understand um, how that solution is going to help their pain point. And, and so the profile of a sales per account executive, in my opinion, has changed. And I, I think that SDRs, rightfully so, who are successful at making qualified meetings definitely should earn that right to be an account executive if they choose to be. I think that more SDRs will be compensated higher. And I think that will change. And that could be a career in itself. But mm-hmm. I think that they definitely are the Marines and the sales that deserve the, the most love. Yep. Absolutely. Talking about how the AE is becoming, you know, not just a closer salesperson, but also, you know, support success and a marketer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you seen, you know, with the growth of LinkedIn, how have you seen the way that, you know, skilled AEs and even skilled SDRs are contacting prospects successfully on social media, you know, doing, how are they doing social selling effectively? Well, I think effective social selling is effective when you remove the selling part and you look for effective social engagement. I think the idea here is that that people want engagement. They want you to put a heartfelt comment on a post that actually represents what was posted, sharing stuff, liking stuff, suggesting things. So people who are connecting and then sending a message of this is who I am, what I do, please buy from me, they're selling, they're failing. People who are saying, hey, glad we're connected. Do you happen to know any good groups where people in your industry like you might be looking for answers to solutions? I'd love to join that to learn more about it. That's engagement, right? You're not selling. You're basically being a human and saying, hey, I have a job. My job is to learn how to help IT leaders with security issues, and I want to know where they are. And then you get a response, then you can build a real relationship. But people who are pitching, who are selling, they're not winning these days. Um, They're failing. And I think that engagement is really the goal because selling should only really come if you know you can fix that person's problem after you speak with them and after you confirm that. Then, Then it could turn into, hey, I think this can help you with X, Y, and Z, 
can we make this real? And that's that's as close as you want to get to selling. But in first, you really want engagement, right? Yep. People are willing to engage with salespeople, you know, leaders, buyers, decision makers, the ones who are at the top of their game, they want to know about new products and services out there that can help them. They're curious, you know, they like to learn, but they don't want to learn under the context or the guise of, you know, hey, you know, let me get you on a call and hit you with some questions and then, you know, make a quick sale. They really want that warm, genuine engagement. And if someone's presenting something valuable, they're going to respond when they're ready. And that's the thing is when they're ready, especially with larger companies, of course, you know, they have defined buying cycles. They may like what you have. They may be really interested genuinely, but it's just the wrong timing because of budget cycles and internal politics or kind of what have you. And I feel that a lot of salespeople are, they understand the concept of that, but they're kind of pressured by sales management or their company or whomever to close this deal by the end of the quarter, right? And your conversations with your customers, when it comes to things like pipeline development and even like um, generating opportunities, have they expressed any sort of anything in particular about how quickly their pipelines are developing or, or trying to do things at a specific time period? Well, Mike, it's a good question. They, they, they uh, we're talking about leaders, sales leaders, marketing leaders that are looking to hire a sales team. They often know that they want results, but they don't necessarily know the current state of their pipeline. If you look at a company and you have three account executives and account executive number one has been there for three years, he's your best guy. And you have 50 inbound leads that come in every month and he can take 25 of them. And then rep two, takes X amount and rep three is newer. So he doesn't get any of that. They're often measuring people the same. And one of the biggest things I see is that they're measuring people. If you're given an opportunity, here's Morgan, he wants to buy X, Y, Z or hundred grand versus the next account executive who has to go get a stranger. They're considering that timeline, those quotas the same. And that's, I think where people go wrong. They, They don't have a good understanding of they're not evenly giving out leads, right? It's not even, it's not, it, and what happens is it makes it like Lord of the Flies where like it's the hardest for the new guy, right? And then they keep firing that guy and saying, oh, we're just getting bad talent. But they don't really understand that every account executive performance is going to be different based on their territory, the amount of leads they're given, the amount of money you're marketing in that field, right? If, if a rep is taking the East Coast and all of your conferences are in the East Coast, all your marketing is the East Coast. And now you hire a rep in the West Coast where you spend no money branding, right? Like if you look at Jack in the Box, Jack in the Box doesn't exist on the East Coast, right? It's a West Coast chain. Right. If you mm-hmm. have to sell the same amount of patties for Jack in the Box on the East Coast as West Coast, you're going to fail. So people need to understand how they're investing in marketing and branding and how that affects the pipeline, how that affects performance, how it affects. And that's kind of what we see where they just want sales. They want it now. And they think if they're paying for it, they're going to get it. But it doesn't work that easy, right? Because What's going to build value for your organization is sales, right? So it's kind of, if you're going to give attention to something, it's got to be sales, right? And if you think you're just going to pay someone, they're going to get it done. I'm like, listen, that works sometimes. Some products are, can't keep enough on the shelves, but it doesn't work all the time. So I think that realistic expectations um, from leaders, marketing leaders and sales leaders needs to be a little bit higher. And what you have is one of the issues, if you look at gong.io, they produce really good data and it shows that. A VP of sales's tenure has gone from 24 months down to 18 months. And, you know, I scratched my head and I asked myself why, right? Why is that happening? And 
what I think is happening is that people are hiring the same way they used to hire. I'm going to hire somebody with 10 years of sales experience. I'm going to hire somebody who's been a VP of sales for 15 years. And what happens is, is that we live in a digital world where sales and marketing are combined and they're hiring people who have done it 10 years ago and then they don't know sales and marketing. Right. So they're churning faster and faster and it's disrupting the way people are hiring where a guy who with two years of experience who's been studying how digital marketing works with sales probably can do a better job in a modern world than a VP of sales that worked for a big enterprise that had a brand behind him that was closing 10, anybody can close $10 million of business if $10 million of business is knocking on your front door. Right? Exactly. So exactly. that's kind of happening right now, which is interesting to see how it's going to play out. You know what? It's funny you say that because that never gets talked about and nope. it, it really should get talked about so much more. You know, there are people who just got into Cisco at the right time. Right. Yep. And they were selling it. They were slinging tech in the valley at the right time. And it was just a match made in heaven. Right. Yep. And it's like, do you have 20 years of experience or do you have experience 20? I'm really glad you mentioned that. Piggybacking on expectations, um, you know, keeping expectations or setting the right expectations, I should say. You know, how do you measure? your reps when it comes to performance and metrics and how do you map that in your organization? So different KPIs for different positions and different organizations, but one of the most common KPIs for an SDR and a BDR would be number of qualified meetings. And we're really looking at that number and working our way backwards to the amount of connected calls we're having, the amount of open emails, the amount of clicks. You know, those KPIs can vary, but we really try to focus mainly on the ultimate goal and only get granular if we're missing that goal. Because if we're hitting 15 qualified meetings a month and that's the goal, we don't need to really examine every second of that. But if we're not, we can really break it down and say, you know, and another thing is too, is when you go omnichannel, you get data back and then you'll find that if all your meetings come from LinkedIn and you're spending a lot of your time on the phones, Maybe it's time to spend more time on LinkedIn, right? And, and let yep. data tell you what to do, right? You can do, the other day, I, I have a, a European sales person in Madrid who just went on vacation. I said, let's, let's do a little test. Um, Seamless.ai to pull a list of people in Madrid. And I use GMAS, which is a mail merge tool. And I sent 400 emails out. And I was able to get 15 meetings from 10 minutes of work. Um, while some people struggle calling all day long to get one meeting. So I think the big thing with KPIs is it's the outcome that matters. Um, and we do our best to make it actually as easy as possible for our SDRs to achieve those goals. Because just because they can call 150 calls a day doesn't mean it's right, right? The same way an, an engine can maybe go up to 8,000 RPM, but if you keep it there, it'll break, right? So right. we want our guys to have a good career and to be happy. And we face that issue as we grow, um, KPI versus quality. And it's kind of an equilibrium we try to find. Those KPIs are for SDRs, and then obviously for an account executive, it's it's a different KPI of how much business have you closed, right? Mm -hmm. Those are the two main KPIs on the sales side. For sure. All right. Amir, it's been so great chatting with you, learning more about, you know, just your view on the sales landscape and uh, learning more about CloudTask as well. How can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about things you've mentioned today or, or possibly work with CloudTask? Yeah, that's really easy. Um, Amir Ryder on LinkedIn, you can message me. I read and respond to all my messages, or they can go to www.cloudtask.com and, and we have Drift on our website and you can chat with us right away. I'm easy to find on Facebook. I use Facebook for work. I use Instagram for work. So 
Omnichannel, and uh, I can be found pretty simple. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks so much again, Amir. I really appreciate it. Uh, you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Morgan. Yep. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.